Here we are, the last Sunday of July. It's almost been 17 months since the COVID craziness happened. And in the midst of this unprecedented craziness, in some ways it looks like it's, it's happening in some places again as, as different uh, mass mandates are being rolled back. And here we are trying to recover and we, we never really get a chance to recover. There's just something else that happens. So in the midst of that uncertainty and craziness, here is the question that I want to ask. What should I, what should you be doing in the midst of this craziness for God and the kingdom of God? In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of craziness, what should you and I be doing for God and the kingdom of God? And we're trying to, we're trying to answer that and help kind of focus a, a direction by bringing our, our sense of simple living back to the surface. Now, the, the word simple is a acrostic for study the life of Christ Invest in the three things that are eternal. It's uh, God, his word, and uh, people. It's ministering using your spiritual gifts. It's praying, listening to the Holy Spirit, and expecting great things for God. From God, we're kind of, these are kind of stair steps to becoming the person that God would design us to be or have us be in the midst of all of the uncertainty. And I love that Mike has grabbed the first two steps, this idea of uh, study the life of Christ. And I love the um, illustration of the it's one, two, to get that focus so that you would see, you and I would see Christ clearly. We study his life that we might not just know it, but we would emulate it. We would find ourselves walking in those footprints as we lived our lives. I think that's, that's the number one step to becoming who God has designed us to be because one day we're all going to be like Christ. We might as well start living into that right now. The second thing is the invest. A lot of you have investments and you watch the stock market. Well, there are only three things the Bible says will last forever. God, his word, and people. So if we're going to invest, let's invest in those things that are eternal. Now this week, we're looking at, at ministering using our spiritual gifts and resources. Before we open that uh, or step onto that step, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray as Mike did earlier that you would be honored and glorified. We pray that the, uh, anything that would hinder us hearing you clearly would be removed. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would take words that are written on a page and write them on our hearts in such a way we would leave here changed more like you. We pray these things with great expectancy in Jesus' name. Amen. What does God want you to do? What does God want me to do? Now, in almost, in many churches, not this one, but all the other churches, there is an overwhelming sense 
that God wants us to relax, enjoy life, enjoy the ride, sit back, take it easy. Now, last week, Lori and I had the uh, opportunity to go on a cruise, and it was wonderful. But something happened on that cruise that really shocked me. It was, it was a surprise. I, I was overwhelmed by the joy and the energy and the enthusiasm of the crew. Now, if you've ever been on a cruise, these are folks from all over the world. And for the last 17 months, they've been in their home countries waiting to see what was going to happen and waiting to see in some difficult situations. Now the cruise line has called them back. This was their third week or so. And, and they, there was, it was joy on steroids. I, I, I kick myself because I should have taken pictures. You wouldn't have believed the joy and the energy. And here's what surprised me or, or, or hit me is that I was on the cruise relaxing, but they were having more fun on the cruise than I was. They were more energized and more joy-filled serving than I was being served. Now, it was a great cruise, and they served well, but they enjoyed it more than I did. And, and it got me to thinking, we are not created to sit back and relax. As much as our culture says that's the, the ultimate thing is, is retirement and, and have nothing to do, we are created to do things. We function better when we do things. They were energized by serving more than I was energized by being served. Now, I know that many of you think I'm a Pulitzer Prize winning. Um, when I write my newsletter article, you, you all are just amazed at, at my grammar and everything. Well, I use Grammarly. And Grammarly is a program that will tell you how bad you write and correct it for you. And so I do that. And do you know what I, it, it, every time I write something, it corrects me. It won't let me get away with writing passively. That if I'm writing about something and it's something that happened to somebody, grammarily says, you can't do this. You write in action words, not in passive words. And, and I think it's because we are designed that way. We are designed to be active. We are created to be active, not passive. And I think that's a biblical principle. And one of the places that we'll find that is in Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Look at what it says, what he writes. For it has been it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace is an undeserved gift. 
You, by grace, you have been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It's, uh, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. You're a follower of Christ because he broke into your life, like the baptism that we just had. It's not that you suddenly chose him. By grace, he has grabbed hold of you. Now, here's where he tells you who you and who I am in the next verse. It says, we are his workmanship. Now, if you have your own Bible there, it might say masterpiece. Same word. Actually, the word in Greek is poemo, which where we get the word poem. You are his masterpiece. If you are here and thinking that he was having an off day when he made you, you are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship. You are his poem. That's who you are. Now, you are more than that because you're created in Christ Jesus for a purpose. You have a purpose for good works. Now, what, what works would those be? Well, ones which God prepared beforehand, which means when he was thinking you up, he put into you gifts that you will work through, will work through you that he prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. You are created. You come with preloaded software for the kingdom of God. What is it that he has put in you a gift that he has a reason, a purpose for your life? He's given you this gift that you are to do something he's prepared you for. Kind of like this box of crayons. Now, one of the best things, there always didn't seem a lot of good things about going back to school at the end of the summer, but one of the best was getting a new box of crayons. Remember? And remember that first box back with, with Noah and the Ark? Eight crayons in a box, right? And then, you know, the kid down the street came with 16. And then they came out with 32, and then 48, and then that magical 64. But now, oh, 96, 96 incredible colors, all different, all unique and beautiful. They are created to impact the world. These are created to bring color to the world, to make their mark on the world, to make a difference in the world. But they're so pretty. They're so pretty that maybe in order to care for them, I think we may just put them, wrap them up, protect them, and keep them safe so that they will always be as pretty as they were made to look. What is the problem with that? They were designed to make a difference. They were designed to color 
the world. They were designed to impact the world. They were designed to leave their mark on the world. If they stay wrapped up in protected, they are worthless. They do not do what they were created to do. They are absolutely worthless. They look good, but they are useless in the world. So, what's the problem with using them? Well, the problem with using them is they become like this. The tip is gone. They're worn down. The paper is ripped. There's no edge to them anymore. Many of them get broken. They're half of what they used to be. And then there's others who picked up all the dirt on the, on the fingers that they, they just took on the imperfections of those who handled them. It cost these crayons to be used. They're no longer pretty and pristine. They are used. They're not as pretty, but they brought color to the world. And they made a difference in the world. It's what they were designed for. They were designed to make a difference. And they succeeded. The same is true for each of us in this room who named Jesus Christ and those joining us across the world, if you name Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, do you know what? You are gifted to make a difference in the world. Now, how do I know that? Because we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, Paul writes, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. If you have uh, uh, your Bible, mind, I don't want you to be ignorant. And I think the message is, I don't want you to be stupid about what God has given you. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I said, if you're here and you say Jesus is my Savior, and my Lord, you can't say that without being prompted by the Holy Spirit in your life. That's the first thing I want you to know. You know the Holy Spirit is in your life if you name Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. In the baptism we had earlier, we prayed for the presence of the Holy Spirit in Isaac's life that one day will convict him of his need to trust Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior. 
if you have made that affirmation of faith, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the foundation of which I'm going to tell you this. To each one, the manifestation, which means the display, the symptom, the sign, the gift of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. You name Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit, you not only have the Holy Spirit <coughs> that enables you to say that, but you have a gift, at least one, really more than one, of these spiritual gifts. Well, here's what a spiritual gift is. A spiritual gift is a spirit-given gift, given ability that enables each Christian to serve in the body of Christ with ease, effectiveness, joy, and energy. They bring purpose and meaning to your life. You have a purpose. Your life means something because you are on a mission from God because he has given you a gift. You have a purpose. Now, some of you would say, I don't know my gift. I, I wonder if it's, well, some of you are talented in music, in art, in sports, in computers. Every one of us has some kind of talent. And, and even some of us in the room that think that we don't have talent. I know some of you can take a cherry stem and with your tongue tie it a knot. That, that's a talent. That's. But these talents are not to be confused with spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts. It allows you to be a tangible expression of Jesus Christ in the world. Let me say that again. It allows you to be a tangible expression of Jesus Christ in the world. Now, I'd love to ask the question, but I don't like the answer for myself, so I'm not going to ask you the question. How many of you here were ever invited to be part of a gifted program? Well, I wasn't ever invited to be part of a gifted program in my elementary school, in my high school. Some of you were. <laughs> but I can tell you this. In the kingdom of God, if you name Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you are in the gifted program in the kingdom of God. You have a special gift or gifts in the kingdom of God. Now, the question is, how do I know my spiritual gift? Let me tell you what not to do, but what everybody tells you to do. Do not go to the website, spiritual gift test, and take a test. Because 90% of the time, it will be wrong. Why? Because I take a test, like you take a test, we usually answer those questions on how we want to be perceived versus how we usually are. And so those are not a good indicator of your spiritual gift. The key place of knowing your spiritual gift is actually in a small group or in a small community of other Christians. They will know your spiritual gift long before you do. How can that be? Because they will have experienced your spiritual gift and you're not even aware you have that spiritual gift. 
but they will have received it from you. That's the way spiritual gifts work. Spiritual gifts do you no good at all. And for the past 17 years is that we've ever talked about spiritual gifts. I have tried to pound it into folks. Your spiritual gift is worthless to you. And you say, Jerry, how can that be? Well, I would say if you're on an island by yourself and you have the gift of leadership, your spiritual gift doesn't do you any good. You can't tell anyone to go, where to go. If you are on an island by yourself and you have the gift of teaching, it does you no good because there is no one to teach. You see, with the spiritual gift of leadership, the people who benefit from those are the followers. With the spiritual gift of teaching, the teacher doesn't benefit from that. The students benefit from that. The only spiritual gift that does you some good on an island by yourself is the gift of mercy. Because there you can feel sorry for yourself all day long. That's the only way that that, that might work. Do you see? You are gifted for others. And when you use your spiritual gift, you become the tangible expression of the kingdom of God and of Jesus himself. So another way to know your spiritual gift is what Mike shared two weeks ago. If you think about the actions of Jesus, not what he said, but what he did. What action of Jesus do you most resonate with, most identify with, most talk about, most, if you had to tell somebody about Jesus, you talk about, for me, it's the, 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 the compassion of touching the leper because it made such an imprint on my life, but it's because compassion is one of my spiritual gifts. I resonated because it, I saw it in Jesus and it made me, it attracted me to him. One of my spiritual gifts is teaching. And, and, and it, it, it's that Jesus teaching and, and changing lives that, that he would share. And so your spiritual gift can be discovered in a Christian community because folks will experience it. It will be discovered as you, as you think about the actions of Jesus that most warm your heart. Those are two uh, great ways to... Uh, to find your spiritual gift. Another way is, what is it that goes to the top of your to-do list? I've got to be part of doing that. And when you think of what that is, unpack what that is to see what's at the heart of it. I'm telling you, Bethel has done an incredible job over the years of hiring directors of children's ministry. Now, Jerry, how would you, why would you say that? Well, one, I know them. But two, this past (coughs) summer, when we did vacation Bible school, we had six former directors of children's ministry give their lives to kids for a week. These are folks that aren't on the payroll, haven't been on the payroll for a long time, but 
could not let that week go by because they had to invest in the next generation. Their love for teaching, their love for children, their compassion that kids would hear and know the gospel at that age could not keep them away. Six, five of them from our congregation and one from another congregation invested because they couldn't stay away. That doesn't even identify the other 40 volunteers or 50 volunteers that, that gave up a week to invest in the next generation. There are spiritual gifts at work there because they are energized. Now, that didn't mean on Friday we didn't have to scrape some of them off the floor. You know, the joy that was on Monday was still there. It was just a little covered over because they wanted to sleep. But it doesn't mean that you don't get tired. Of course you get tired because you expend energy. But it was the idea of being all in for kids. That they're spiritual gifts. You know, it's always fun to watch when... when um, uh, the question was asked uh, today, we'd love to have you help with children's ministry. So there were three different, four different responses that happened. One is somebody thought, ah, I'm going to, ah, yeah, okay, I, 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 I need to do that. Now, you, they probably had a, sp a spouse uh, that said, no, you're over there all the time. You, you just let somebody else do it. But you see, the the joy and the energy from using your gifts, folks can't get enough. It's, a, it's, like, it's like getting a fix. And then there are others who thought, oh, please don't call on me. Please don't look at me. Don't, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Because it's not my gift. I, I'd rather chew glass than be with kids in a classroom because I would, I would harm them. You know what I mean? And because it's not my gift, it doesn't energize me. It just makes me postal. Anyway, so we don't want you in the nurse. But the idea is there will be things that energize when you sense that, oh, I, before the, the small voice says, mm, no, you say, yeah, I, that's, that's your gift. That's the spirit identifying with the kingdom of God. Now, the gifts, you didn't earn them. You didn't even pick them. They're grace gifts. That's what charisma, where the word grace gifts comes from. It, it, it's, and, and it brings joy. This is something God has given you for a purpose. He's designed you that it would work best. So when you ask the question, what does God have for me? What should I be doing in these difficult times? It's hard to answer that without knowing your spiritual gift. So you need to have folks help you discover that spiritual gift because that's the thing that God would have you do because it will energize you. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says this, as each of us has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, if that's your gift, do as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves, if that's your gift, 
do one by serving in the strength that God supplies. The whole energy, the strength will come from the Holy Spirit in our lives in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. When Paul writes to the church, he says, I long to be with you that I may impart a spiritual gift. That means that he would use his word of encouragement to the church. We are created to make a difference. We are created to color the world for the kingdom of God. We are created to serve. Now let me get back to talking about those other churches and not this one. We're told because of the pandemic, because of COVID, a third of the church, a third of those who were attending church are no longer going to attend church. Wow. A third across the country. Why is that? Why would a pandemic remove a third of folks from a congregation? Because in churches, the sad news is most people come to receive and not to give. Most people come thinking, well, I hope they sing my hymns today. I hope they say the creeds that I want to hear today. I, I hope that the preacher doesn't go too long today because I've got other things to do. And many, many over a third come thinking, I better get what I'm looking for or I'm not going to be happy. It's like this uh, picture of Coke bottles. When, um, when I worked at uh, Gateway Market over on 161, do we have the picture of Coke, Dorothy? Coke bottles? There we go. Um, there are weird things. I, we used to, you know, turn, folks turn these in and got money. People put weird things in these bottles. Go ahead. Anyway, sometimes a pastor in a church can feel like folks are coming like those Coke bottles. Give me something. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me, pastor. Fill me, somebody. I want something here this morning. And I better know what it is before they pass the plate. But that's another thing. Anyway. And sometimes pastors feel like they just throw water over the Coke bottles. And you throw things out hoping something gets in that people will feel like, okay, I got something today. And, and it's... And, and that doesn't work for the church. Because we're not created to be passive when we're with each other. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God put into us ahead of time. We are created 
to come to church to use our gifts with each other as I use my gift, you all use your gifts, and the whole place comes alive. What would the church be like across this nation if people came to give instead of get? And we're designed to give. Your spirit is inside of you designed to bless those sitting around you. And if we only come to receive, there will be no energy and there will be no joy. And what will happen is you'll get to heaven and you'll say, here, God, Look how good I looked for you. But you see, it will be those who when they get to the gate of the kingdom say, look God, it's, I'm, I'm ripped up. My edges have been worn off and I'm contaminated with Lots of folks that I came in contact with. And it will be there that you will hear the Lord say, Well done, good and faithful servant. I trusted you with a little, and you did a lot. Enter into the kingdom. And my joy. You think about that. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, right now I want to give you thanks for all the gifted people in this room. Those that know you as their Lord and Savior, they're in the gifted program of the kingdom of God with the potential to color their world in a way that you planned for before the world was created. Their lives have meaning and purpose, and there's joy and energy waiting for them when they use those gifts. Open their eyes and their hearts. First, that everyone here would know you as Lord and Savior, and then to the presence of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that you have given us and may we color each other in kingdom colors. And then may we color the world as we go outside these doors, being the tangible expression of you in the gifts that you have given us. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. As you leave this place, may you know that you are in the gifted program in the kingdom of God. You've been set apart. You have purpose and meaning to your life. You will be the tangible expression of the kingdom of God that is designed within you to be unleashed through you that others would know what the kingdom is like and the color of the kingdom. Don't hold back. Don't just be served, but serve and serve well. Go in peace to love and serve him. Amen. Thank you.